Hello and welcome to the second uh, episode of Lord Clark and Friends. This uh, podcast, we will actually speaking to one of our uh, friends, Lord Cran. Uh, but I also wanted to inform our listeners that I've set up an email address, uh, podcast at lordclark.com, for you to leave any feedback you would like to leave back uh, about this podcast for any of our listeners out there. So remember, uh, podcast at lordclark.com. Now here is the conversation with uh, our friend, uh, Lord Cran. So we got a first of our friends um, here. Uh, one of the goals of this podcast was that most of my friends wanted me to uh, discuss the the local news. So we figured we'd uh, our my take on the national news. So we decided we would get going with that immediately and uh, start discussing some of the things that we we uh, see going on in the national news. So Cran, do you have anything that uh, you'd like me to talk about? I think it would be a perfect time to start talking about the people in Laurel, Mississippi, trying to kick out the uh, illegal, undocumented workers from Howard Corporation. I think we uh, we should probably start there. Oh, definitely. I I definitely have many opinions on that. First, I want to uh, commend the ice the ice team that went in and raided that place. I feel like we're finally getting some action on this illegal immigrant. Uh, Illegal immigrant, um, what, what should we call this? Uh, illegal immigrant problem. Yeah. I don't know. My, my first thing is, you know, hey, if you break the law, you gotta you gotta do the time if you're gonna do the crime. So, um, I think they should all be handed over to be deported, no matter what happens. Uh, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I think the the problem that we the biggest problem that we've got there is the immediate rationale is to detain as opposed to deport. Now, back in the 1950s, 1954, our President Dwight D. Eisenhower set an example. It was a stunning example to to tackle the same problem. Now, why we haven't reconsidered it now uh, boggles my mind, but. In case you didn't know from the history, it was called Operation Wetback. And Operation Wetback, uh. what happened was they had basically rounded up 100,000 illegal immigrants in Mex- from Mexico in California. And they were grabbing them and trying to bring them all back. As a result, by that stunning example of our um, enforcement people, they... Voluntarily, 1.1 million illegals ran back over the border. Wow. So what we need to do is reinstate that kind of action because what what happens is you get low-income people, I guess in Laurel, Mississippi, the majority of people cheering on this this detainment of these workers were uh, African Americans or others, uh, other poor people. Not so happy with the Mexicans and uh, <laughs> managed to show some of their enthusiasm for it. Well, I, hey, I totally agree. I, I really think that, you know, these, these Mexicans, they're here taking up jobs of good law abiding citizens who are in the lower end of the economy. Now, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of funny to hear that the, the blacks are actually cheering the. Uh, the, the Mexicans being deported and taking their jobs. I mean, we're finally seeing some of the lower-income people in the lower strata actually uh, looking forward to uh, seeing us actually enforce our laws. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, it is, it is kind of funny, but it's not completely unexpected. As True. a group, uh, low-income African Americans are the ones who would be hurt most by the illegals. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree, but no one else in, in politics agrees. You know, that site you were showing me, uh, what was the name of it? Uh, YouTube? Oh, no, yeah, the YouTube video, but they had, um, no, it wasn't YouTube that we were looking at. <laughs> they, they were, oh, uh, no, it was somebody on YouTube, some Democrat organization, um, uh, move on to an org or something that was doing that video broadcast and they were outraged at the fact <laughs> that we were trying you know that somebody was trying to enforce the laws yeah uh, and trying to blame it on a republican conspiracy uh, well bringing up uh, the point of actually looking at the youtube videos a couple things i noticed one someone who, who put the first video up like entitled to a video like Gestapo rounds up illegal immigrants, okay, oh, yeah. which is kind of funny. But more importantly, there was another one where it looked like the broadcast was uh, done in Spanish, presumably for Univision, one yeah. of the Spanish-speaking television shows. And interestingly enough, that the one that was done completely in Spanish had all of the comments disabled because they didn't want people jumping on and basically saying, you know. Um, giving them a hard time. Well, you know, you're in the U.S. and you know English is the language here, whether or not you like it. Right. Yeah, I thought that was the same. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> that you know, hey, we got to scrub up even our protest video about this. I thought that was <laughs> kind of like, wait a minute, aren't aren't you going to show that? I thought the news was supposed to be fair and balanced, not a uh, or excuse me, at least a non biased. <laughs> Well, that'll never happen. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, in this immigrant problem, I, I sometimes wonder which side I come down on, because I do believe, you know, there is something to be said for the at least the California motto, you know, drive to Home Depot and you can get somebody for 10 bucks to remodel your house. Um, right. <laughs> Which I can understand economics, like, hey, 10 bucks, you know, costs a half million dollars to even get into a, a uh, apartment out in L.A. So, you know, you need to have some sort of uber cheap labor that isn't going to cost you anything. But, you know, would that be filled? Uh, are we filling it falsely by adding these illegal aliens into our economy? And then there's the inherent risk of the... the, the breakdown of the law-abiding versus the law-breaking. Right. Um, you know, the majority of violent crime uh, coming in from illegal, it is coming in from illegal immigrants, right? True. So the vapes, your murders, besides your, your uh, petty theft. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the murders and the all the other things. Of, of not just the, uh, you know, saddened immigrant trying to come make a better life from themselves. Well, yeah, except for when they go out and murder your neighbor. I mean, you know, the saddened immigrant can, you know, we can pity him all we want, but let's not pity him and then give him rights beyond our own when they start murdering our neighbors, you know. Well, I guess that would only matter if you liked your neighbors. True, but, you know, hey, we, we, we've got to think of society in general, and I actually don't mind my neighbors. I actually kind of like them. 
uh, especially okay. when they look out for crime, and they, and they, uh, you know, they say, you know, what is it that that one of them said to me one time? You know, there's been a few break-ins in the neighborhood. I think that the gypsies are back. So you know, that's the kind of neighbor I want to have. I don't know about yeah. you. Um, and you, you've heard some of my old statements, and maybe I should uh, appease the community and, and, uh, or at least enlighten the community on some of the things I think about this immigration problem. One is, yes, we, yes, need, one is we need to stop uh, saying we're here to help everybody, because we're not. Um, our country is here <laughs> to make a buck, um, so let, let's start acting like it. Um, you know, I think I, first thing we should do is annex Canada. Um, let's just stop playing around. Let's just make the Canadians a uh, part of our country. It would add about 10 people to the total population, but would uh, you know we could get all the Canadian oil for cheaper. Uh, then we need to annex Mexico because this labor problem really isn't going to solve itself, so we need to solve it by making it a, a province of the United States and let them stop joking around that they have any independence from our will. Uh, and then we need to start working on on our South American problem. Um, but I haven't come up to a conclusion on that yet. Any country that uh, seems to not obey our will, well, we're an empire, so we're just going to uh, do whatever we want anyways. Uh, we do this economically to the rest of the world, uh, and then we bring in USAID, which is just a complete joke. Um, so we might as well stop joking with the rest of the world and start telling them to do whatever we want them to do and stop lying to them that they have any freedom. Uh, so, uh, those are my political views. Now, I haven't found enough people that, that vote the same way I do, so I have to live in the current system we live in. Um, well, don't forget your vote. Your vote can and will be bought by others if uh, you know you're, you're, if the need arises. I hear you're uh, very amenable. To uh, well, selling your vote for any election, so if you want to send PayPal, uh, it's all all set up. Well, you know, look, we're in a capitalist society. We're in a free market society. <laughs> I. You know, I looked back in the past and I saw that, you know, hey, you sign up, you know, I live in Boston or in the Boston area. So, you know, I look in the Boston past. Vote buying and selling was definitely going on in Boston's past. Uh, we have to look back to is the Irish and the Italian immigrants where, you know, hey, get the guy off the boat. What's the first thing you need to do? You register him to vote. Then you get him a job. Well, yeah. You know, I put two and two together. I put an Irishman and an Italian together and came up with this idea that I can sell my vote. There's nothing stopping me. Uh, the good thing is there's no way to prove that that I, I'm actually going to vote the way you want to, other than the fact that I'm a good, honest, hardworking American. Um, and I also believe in, you know, my vote counts, so I'm going to vote. So why not have somebody pay me to vote the way they want me to? I can make a buck, and since it's Massachusetts, uh, well, nobody other than a Democrat is going to get elected here, so I don't need to worry about whether my vote does anything at all. Uh, which is kind of sad, but I will continue to sell my vote as to the highest bidder. Um, in a later podcast, I'll publish my PayPal account or publish it on the website so you can donate to my uh, to this podcast or donate to my, or, you know, we'll start a bidding process for who wants to pay the highest amount of money for my votes. 
uh, this this current election, I've uh, sold my vote to Lord Cran, and yep, yep. Uh, you know, I felt that it was the right vote. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so. Well, originally, what was it, for a Ron Paul vote before he uh, decided to drop out of the race? Yep. So, though I was actually originally a Romney man myself, um, seeing that Romney was a Mormon, uh, and knowing that the current political religious um, state in this country, no Mormon's going to get elected president, uh, made me uh, realize that, you know, my friend... uh, friend here was offering to offering something of value to me so i decided <laughs> to vote his way uh, i read the tea leaves before before i cast my vote in the primary and voted yeah. for ron paul um, <clears throat> this way i was able to uh, acquire some more ram for my computer and uh I felt like it was a fair trade. Now, this also means that I have to vote in the uh, the election the same way that uh, Lord Cran uh, requires. Um, but he and I have been on the same page for that for a long time. Uh-huh. Yep. Do you... Uh, a couple weeks, perhaps? A couple of <laughs> Not weeks, even a no. Week. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> a couple days. So, that, that makes the perfect segue to... Uh, the new uh, vice presidential candidate for uh, McCain—that would be the uh, the lovely Sarah Palin, who was a prominent Ron Paul supporter and garnered interest of a lot of the Paulites or uh, Ron Paul supporters way back in the fall or uh, in early winter months. There was a lot of uh, buzz on her because of her. Uh, Stunning good looks, but as well as her uh, actions in uh, Alaska and the fact that she's a strong conservative. Yeah, I've noticed that, and I've also noticed uh, something about McCain that I, I come, I've come to respect, which is uh, I've noticed uh, his wife's about twenty years younger than him, and his running mate's about thirty. Um, so that, that, that says a lot about the American dream, wouldn't I, you say? I totally agree. Um, and also, the fr- you know, I think this is a good time to bring up, you know, we all have extreme respect for the French uh, Prime Minister Sarkozy and his Italian supermodel wife. Um, so we, we're kind of seeing John McCain taking a, uh, taking a uh, page from the Sarkozy playbook. You know, it's time to try, you know, time to get a better looking wife. Um, now I'm not saying anything about McCain dropping his current wife because she's a beautiful woman also. Uh, but, uh, he's definitely picked a worthy running mate. And then, you know, I noticed about day two here on, uh, BBC World News here, since we're always about the cutting edge news, that, uh, the Democrats are already trying to cut into, uh, Palin's, uh, family life, uh, which is that his teenage, her teenage daughter is pregnant, uh, but is getting married, so we have no, uh, qualms with that. Uh... But just kind of an interesting point here that the Democrats want to have their cake and eat it, too. Um, you know, they have a... Uh, a now, now, do you mean the Democrats that won't be voting for McCain, or do you mean the other Democrats uh, that will? 
I'm thinking the Democrats that won't be voting for McCain, the ones who are in the, uh, you know, why are they bringing this up now, you know, kind of thing. They don't want uh, the Republicans to bash anybody's family life and, you know, oh, free acceptance, free life, free will, but yet they want to pick apart the uh, Republicans' families as, as best they can, yet they're the ones who are endorsing all of this. You know, this kind I of think, free love. I think now is a good time to bring up how pathetic this election is in its entirety. I mean, when you, when you think about it, the Republicans have a very weak candidate. The yeah, Democrats have a weak candidate. I totally weak. agree there. Uh, you okay. Know. No, you got no. two weak candidates, and yet you got a majority of people where... The Republican vote is really going to be a Democrat vote. And there's a large number of Democrats who support McCain. And it's like, well, okay, because he is a Democrat running around in the Republican skin. And, you know, that problem is all over the place. If you listen to Imus, if if you listen to... Uh, Brody and whatever, Egan, if you listen to McPhee, okay, yeah. all of these local Boston area radio talk show hosts that are liberals, okay, oh, yeah. they like McCain. Why? Because he's not Obama. Why? Because they like Hillary. He is the closest thing. Now, if you're looking at people who are over 65, they identify with people most like them. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are majority of voters in the U.S., are people over 65, they're the gray-haired freaks, or the gray-haired, okay, and uh, they want people who are most like them. So you have a younger black guy, they're not, he's not like them. Yeah, he's true. Not, many people will not vote for him because of it. They're, they vote, you know, birds of a feather, people vote for people who most represent them, and frankly, Obama's not it. That's true. Uh, and I also, yeah, and Obama won't represent their causes in the uh, when he's in the White House, where McCain is all about their causes, because he's their age. <laughs> um, right. So I can understand that, and plus McCain's from a state where they're all old people, because you know they're all old people in Arizona. Uh, what am I thinking here? Uh, and there's something else about McCain that I. Didn't have a great attention to. Oh, yeah, the fact that he's willing to sell us all out on this Mexican thing kind of scares me. Well, he's willing to sell us out on many things. He's, he has crossed the, crossed the party lines. He stuck his hand out, extended the olive branch over to Lieberman, over to uh, Kennedy, you know. Right. So he's done a lot of across-the-aisle stuff with the Democrats. That should sit with you the wrong way because anytime anybody votes uh, where they're making compromises at, at the congressional level, it costs us money. That is very true. And, and if it doesn't cost us money, it'll cost us liberty. That is true. And uh, the other thing is, is, you know, the only time that we actually make a lot of money around here, you know, and the economy runs better when Congress is deadlocked. Let's remember yep. that. <laughs> you know, they tax us less. <laughs> when either of us can't get anything done, we send the profit. <laughs> yes. We have to remember yeah. that. Now, um, well, let's move on from this uh, 
you know, this national debate here, because I know not all not all of our listeners will even want to listen to this stuff. Um, okay. Let's and this, and this presidential or? election has been boring me for eight months already, and I'm starting to get pissed off at it. So let's move on to uh, some more fun fun stuff in the news here. I mean, we have Hurricane Gustav uh, bearing down on our, uh, quote, chocolate city called New Orleans. Uh, you know, yeah. and this is a quote from the black mayor, who's corrupt as anybody. Um, <laughs> you know, that our chocolate city, you know, is going to be flooded again. Now, my hopes for having... Yeah, as anybody who really knows me knows that, you know, natural disasters are always fun to watch, especially when they're not happening to me. Um, You've got season seats at the end of the world, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm willing to sell seats to the end of the world if I could figure out a way to sell right, seat rights to the end of the world. Um, <laughs> if I could figure out the timing, even better, because uh, we could sell, we could we could get people to pay more. Um, but you know, I'm watching this Gustav, and it's kind of disappointing me. It's only a Category One now, slamming into into. Uh, uh, what is it? The Chocolate City, New Orleans, and it looks like it's even past that. Now I haven't heard any new, any updated news on this. Has it flooded the city yet? <laughs> I have no idea. But doesn't hurricane season go from like now until October? Until November. Like October. November. November. It goes into November. time for that that whole area to get slammed. Yeah, you know, it's always fun every every summer to see the or every fall to see the Caribbean get slammed. Now, I did hear that uh what was it that was getting slammed? Uh there's another storm cranking up behind it. Uh, so, I thought that was kind of interesting. The uh, GOP convention supposed to be going on, and maybe they're going to cancel it. Or? Well, I guess they for the next couple of days. It's in, um, it's they in, uh, it's in kind of uh, what do they call it? Uh, kind of a smaller mode because they want to make sure that people are uh, taken care of instead of uh, taking care of themselves. Um, now, I did read something interesting that the Democrats were calling this God's storm because, you know, it's breaking up the GOP convention, and they were all happy about it. Um, Didn't somebody have to retract a, uh, and do an apology on that, though? Yeah, because somebody on, his plane, on their plane flight recorded it and posted it on YouTube, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess now, you know, you know, unlike me, you know, as long as you're open about your statements, like my political views, like I am, you know, you're kind of yeah. fine because, you know, then, you know, nobody's going to nobody's gonna think anything about it when they post my comments on YouTube. But, you know, hey, if you're going to have, you're going to try to win an election, you know, you got to watch what you say. But now, isn't that the fundamental difference between the Democrats and the Republicans? The Republicans will say things that you don't want to hear and the Democrats will say the same things but behind your back. True, except that the Republicans keep getting caught in sex scandals, and they just need to kind of give up this whole, like, uh, this whole, like, I'm better than you as far as family values are concerned kind of thing, and we'll be better off. There are some family values left? <laughs> Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you know. What are they? I mean, it's hard to, you know, tell because we're here up in the Northeast where everybody's godless. So. Hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not everybody's godless. I still have a god. 
You know, okay, I still okay. go to church. Well, pretty much everybody, everybody <laughs> running the show is God. Uh, but that not is very true. Show, per se, but the, the local state and local government. How about that? Oh, that that's very true. Uh, yeah, they're all God. <laughs> I like how uh, CNN's calling uh, Pollen a hockey mom. <laughs> Thought that was funny. She was a hockey mom for a while. I mean, yeah. She's got five kids. You gotta. She looks good for having five kids. I gotta give her that. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently there was a little bit of a scandal. Uh, the Pat Buchanan connection with her. Was apparently, she was supposed to be, have been a supporter of his. Now, it's kind of interesting because you get a lot of people who just don't like Pat Buchanan. Um, I find it very annoying that the Jewish uh, ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, right. seems to find every opportunity to slander the guy when he doesn't say anything worth, you know, putting these crazy warnings out about. I know. And yet, there are many people out there who just, you know, oh, it's the ADL, take them at their word. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, Pat Buchanan is a very sharp guy, and if he were as bad as they claim he was, wouldn't he not be doing video reports all the time for ABC News? <laughs> True. <laughs> And wouldn't he not be writing as many books getting published and becoming bestsellers? Uh, Somebody's reading this stuff. And, uh, very true. I mean, most of the, the media, the mainstream media, is uh, liberal on whether or not there's a Jewish connection. You know, the people have conspiracy theories. But. Yeah. You know, if it's a liberal-run organization, don't you think they would have gotten rid of him by now? Very true. I. Very true. Well, you got to remember, hey, you know, just because the liberals run the uh, run the media doesn't mean that they run our our minds. So, you know, that's why. Plus, you know, now this new independent media. People are looking to other sources for their information, so we finally get some people that are actually uh, thinking instead of just accepting it at face value, like in the 1950s. Right. So. But one could also argue that it was simpler in the 1950s. You only had a couple channels. True. But then you had to listen to them. <laughs> you know, you didn't have any choice but to listen to them. Well, I mean, given a half hour span of time, if you were in the 50s, you'd go through the three or four channels that you have, and yeah. if you didn't like anything, you'd turn it off. Now you have to go through over 800 channels, flipping around for a half hour before you decide to turn it off. It's well, become significantly much more work. Oh, it's become much more work, but... Uh, I don't mind it. I'd rather have 800 channels than three, honestly. Hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, that sounds like the dark ages of media. I'd rather have 800 channels, and I don't mind flipping through it for a half an hour to find something, because I usually, well, no, about 20% of the time I don't find anything, and it, especially Sunday night. Uh, well, you were just making the case for people thinking. I mean, wouldn't you say that people would have a better chance to turn off the TV and pick up something to read instead? Would be a, a, a more refined way of thinking. 
You'd think, but, you know, we actually do more reading now than we did in the 1950s because of the Internet. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of interested in, in that concept that, you know, the Internet comes along and kids read more now than they ever have. Uh, hey, look, reading YouTube comments does not count as intelligent reading. You know, I was talking to a teacher about this, and she kind of is, it's like, it's sad, you know, uh, they're not reading the classics, but they're reading. How do I? <laughs> I can't. I can't stand it. I can't tell them not to do it because they're reading. Yeah. <laughs> These. And they're learning to write as if they were illiterate. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> is that a skill in the new economy? Writing like you're uh, an illiterate. <laughs> it's gonna be. Well. Yes. The I new think recovery. at some point our language will eventually break down so badly that it's only going to be available in phonetic form. <laughs> that is true, and I well, you know, I mean, let's look at it. Do the Brits uh, do the Brits beat us up for for uh, hacking their language? You know, the Southerners already have a different dialect of English than we do. Oh, yeah, here it is. Hannah becomes a hurricane in the Atlantic. So not only is Gustav done, but now Hannah looks like it's closing in on Florida. Yeah, is that named after the teenage girl who sings a lot? Oh, you mean Hannah Montana, which I have no clue who it is, but I hear a lot. <laughs> I hear a lot about Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what who it's named after, but... No relation, huh? I guess not, but, you know, we can make a relation between her and, you know, Hurricane Hannah and Hannah Montana. Okay. Let's see Hannah's projected path. Oh, that's going to go up through the Bahamas and rip them apart. Oh, man. Yeah. Then it might hit Miami. So, are you in favor of annexing Cuba while you're adding uh, Mexico and Canada, too? Um, well, since we already have complete control of Cuba anyways, I don't see why we need to change anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see what'll happen once, um, once this guy dies. Uh, Castro's living a little bit too long for, for his own good. Uh, I think oh. Cuba's gonna be a different country once he dies. I don't know. Are there any Deadpools going on Castro? I don't know. Do we want to start a? Do, do you think we need to start a contest on? You know, with the podcast on pick Castro's death. Um, Why not? Think we might have to, and you know, you know, we're always up for this. If you donate, we'll make bigger prizes to the. Uh, if you donate to the site, we'll start making prizes that are big. We'll pay out via PayPal. If you donate fifty bucks, we'll always put something towards. Uh, towards a contest prize. We'll make the uh, Castro death pool going, you know, and we'll do this on uh, user subscriptions. So um, we're always an enterprising group here. We might throw some and money. it's always more fun if it's people that you want to die. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I do realize that there are a number of Klansmen who are eager to see Obama elected because he will be assassinated by their, uh, at least, dictation. <laughs> well, 
you know, as I was talking to someone else this was past week, you know, there's you, you and I were talking about how there's a one in five chance that a president dies in office. So, right. and we're overdue for that as far as, you know, the la- we've had the last five presidents live through their term. So yep. we're kind of, statistically, we're overdue for a president dying in office. And it looks like this, this round, you know, we have a good chance of either candidate dying in office. So we really need to take a closer look at our uh, vice presidential nominees. And Sarah Pollan is a much better candidate than Robert. Uh, who is he? What's his last name? I don't even remember. But... Biden? Biden, yeah. Biden. I mean, he. I don't trust him. He's He makes Obama look like a school, you know, a church boy. Uh, which brings <laughs> us to uh, Obama's minister. We can get to that in another podcast. We're going to need to spend a long time talking about Obama, you know, Obama going Reverend to church. Wright. Reverend Wright. He's, he's probably brought us the most entertainment over this summer. Um, That's true. You know, and probably one of the reasons why I decided I needed a podcast because we need to talk about this guy. Um, <laughs> he's just worth bringing up over and over and over. Um, and I do actually have a uh, a commentator we'll be bringing on at some point who uh, will add some definite um, definite interesting points of view on that. Yeah, we're gonna actually bring on. Oh no, I'm gonna bring on. Uh, I'm gonna bring on one of our uh, one of our friends, Gee. Uh, yeah, or Guy, as, as the English speakers say, uh, who will uh, who will give us the black view on uh, on Reverend Wright. Um, because we always need that, so we're gonna we're gonna save our uh, save our Reverend Wright speech till we can convince him to join the podcast, which is only a matter of time. Uh, so that he he'll weigh in on that, and I think you I think you'll agree that that'll be a better podcast with him there and than him not. What did I just notice about this hurricane? You know. This last hurricane I was looking at, it's going to hit Republican cities, and they're not a mandatory evacuating them. Uh, oh, so you, you're saying that this uh, Repub- this wasn't an exactly a Republican uh, event? This hurricane that was designed or otherwise intended to destroy the lives of our chocolate city? I don't know. I'm thinking the Democrats are seeding it so that seeding the storm clouds so that uh, so that they can destroy the chocolate city and try to use it as a rallying cry. Uh, I can see uh, that pretty heavily. See, I thought that they were just trying to get FEMA to blunder again so that they could blame the Republicans. Well, either way, it kind of is kind of what they're hoping for. Uh, or what they've been talking about, but it doesn't look like it's happening. Now's a good time to have a riverboat casino. (laughs) True. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) I think most of those are in Missouri, aren't they? Oh, well. (laughs) You just got to launch it from the land and wait for the tide to come in. Oh, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about in this podcast as we, uh, I think we need to wrap it up 40 minutes in, um, is there's also a, uh, I know I've talked to you about it, but, uh, I haven't talked to other Lord Clark's economic indicators. Now this will be a, uh, a segment of our podcast that I don't know will be in the main podcast or in a separate one. 
But uh, if you remember what I said about, you know, how you go to your local fast food restaurant, you order something off the menu and see how accurately they deliver it. Now, usually I do this at the drive-thru because it gives a little more accurate representation of the help at my local fast food restaurant. Um, because you don't have as an easier chance to argue that you filled my order wrong um, by the time you actually go looking through your order. Uh, so what it is is an inverse relationship to how well the economy is doing, or at least your local economy. I guess it's the only way I can look at it because I guess different parts of the country can be doing different differently. But uh, as McDonald's gets your orders more right, or whatever company you want to look at, Burger King or Wendy, I'm willing to use any of them, um, even KFC. As yeah. they get your orders right, the economy is is going through a downturn because, you know, since these are probably closest to the lowest ro jobs on the totem pole, um, better people are working them because they need money uh, versus when they tend to screw it up, which they do almost all of the time, uh, in the more the worse they screw it up, the better the economy is doing because those people that would be taking those McDonald's jobs are no longer and finding better paying jobs. Uh, again, this is a crack at the whole system that, you know, we don't need to, uh, to artificially fund it by bringing in minimum wage standards because that's just an artificial inflation on the real economy, um, that those people go out get better jobs and then we get the, the less intelligence of society working there and filling our food needs, uh, which then, in which so we're looking for our, our contributors to uh, weigh in on this. Uh, have you had any interesting experiences with that? Or do you believe uh, in my yeah. economic philosophy here? No, I, I believe it's a pretty good indicator. I also think, in addition to that, to compare the more national pictures to the, the local picture, if the economy is doing really well, and specifically the place that you go to is doing really well, you'll note that they'll put the same items in a different configuration with the with very different prices. Yeah. So often you will find if you were to build things that are on the value menus, for example, piece by piece. Oh yeah, I did that. Exact same order as a number, they'll charge you three dollars more. I, I noticed that. Not only that, I noticed if you just order the the exact same thing. Um one off the dollar menu versus piecing it together off the dollar menu versus ordering it directly, it saved you over three dollars in charges by ordering it off the dollar menu. <laughs> That's right. And it, what was even funnier was how I was inside ordering at one point, did this, and the manager was scratching his head on why I ordered it the way I did and couldn't figure it out for the longest time. I thought that was rather funny. <laughs> No, I wanted him to figure it out. It took me about it took about three or four visits after that that he finally figured out that I was actually saving money. Um, <laughs> but it did take him a little while. And then he was kind of laughing. 
Well, you know, the economy apparently is designed to punish people who can't add. <laughs> True. And I've also noticed their, their registers are designed to help them so that they don't have to be able to add, which I think is kind of a sad yeah. state on our economy. Uh, They're saying on CNBC that a bad summer for stocks, the fall could be worse. Good. That means it's uh, moonlight bargain time to buy stuff up. That is very true. I've bought a lot of stuff recently. <laughs> I've bought a lot of stuff on discount recently. Yep. <laughs> now, we may have to... Uh, we may have to get into that in a future podcast also, which is economics, which um, which should be an interesting discussion along the, the ways and the stocks that we like. And uh, we'll always uh, share our, we may share our stock picks with you, our uh, listeners, because we believe in the fact that fund managers, well, we believe you're smarter than your local fund manager and you can do a better job at investing if you actually understand what's going on behind the market. Um, exactly. So we may actually try to explain things in our own way, uh, but we, we At will... At the same time, we'll be also giving our required SEC-type disclaimers uh, so that we will be uh, covering our tails. Oh, yes, definitely. I may actually come up with an audio clip that I'll uh, play at the beginning of every every economic podcast here, um, listing all of the disclaimers that I need to list um, so that I don't get in trouble with the SEC. Um, again, this is why we're trying to totally avoid any recommendations during this podcast because I don't have that created yet. Uh and not sure how we're going to approach that. So there are definitely many things coming, uh, one being that we will try to help your pocket because it will only help all of our pockets if we all agree on good stocks. Um, and plus, you know, hey, there are very few people out there actually giving you good advice. Uh and everybody trying to scare you away from the math and the market, which we are not scared of at all. Well, I think this will be our kind of rounding out point here. Do you have anything else that's on your mind that needs pressing talking about? <laughs> Before we call it a day, we may be back. Uh, I think it's time to call it a day. All right. We'll call it a day for the podcast.